Today's podcast is sponsored by our amazing friends over at Adorama. Adorama is one of the best electronic retailers specializing in photo and video equipment. They also have a rad blog and video series highlighting content creators called Through the Lens, which you can find on their YouTube channel. We've partnered with Adorama to offer free education through the AOV Academy. So head over to aovacademy.com for free online courses in photo and video. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy Prince here with another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. It is Elanie Manor, aka I Am Manor. She is a landscape photographer from Northern California and just an awesome human being. I'm really stoked to have you on the show. We call her Ellie. So, Ellie, <laughs> welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, nobody go. Nobody knows me by my my first name. Uh, my my real name is Ilanit. Everybody calls me Illy. It's just a nickname that stuck with me for years. So I do have a very compl- complex uh, Israeli name. So yep, that's me. <laughs> I think I think Ilanit's super cool. I would definitely oh. be rocking that. Yeah. Oh, I embrace it for sure. It just took me uh, probably until my mid twenties to realize that's a, a de- you know, having a different unique name is pretty cool. Right. Um, but yeah. That's funny. I have a similar story. I was, so my first name is actually Prince James and I never went by Prince until my senior year of high school. I thought Prince was like the most ridiculous name ever. And so I always went by James and I just, just despise Prince. And then senior year, they call my name out. They're like, Prince James, Lee McClinton III. And everyone's like, oh, who's that? That's a cool name. Ooh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> here. And that was kind of, I guess, that switch. So like Aww. you, it wasn't until I was about 18, 19. Yeah. Uh, until I really. I love your name. That, so. I love your name. Don't you? Didn't you embrace it from like just being, having the same name as like Prince the Artist? The musician? I- I guess, but you know, I'm 29. And so people my age didn't think, you know, they're not like Prince fans and like necessarily thinking Prince is cool. And so probably more weird than anything. I don't know. So it just didn't, it wasn't a fun thing for me until later in life. But now that I'm older, now I'm like, I kind of want to get back to James. I'm like, I'm kind of tired of all this Prince. Like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like people have these weird expectations sometimes when they're just like, ah, can't we just do away with these name things? But anywho, welcome to the show. Why don't you, you give the audience a little bit of background on yourself? Okay, great. Um, I am a landscape photographer. I live uh, in Northern California. Like you said, I live in Pacifica, which is a coastal town um, just south of San Francisco. I've been living out here for a while now. I moved here from New York um, in my 20s and kind of fell in love with the West Coast. Uh, I love the East Coast. I have my family out there, but the West Coast has my heart for photography and for landscapes and just living. It's serene and beautiful, and and I don't think I would ever leave the West Coast. I might leave California one day, but um, only to go further north, uh, but not back to the East Coast like my family keeps trying to get me to do. Right. Where yeah. would you, what, what are you eyeing further north? Um, I really like Bend, Oregon. That's really kind of where I tend to travel to when I take my road trips. I, I kind of go there first and then I head up towards Seattle. So the whole Pacific Northwest is really amazingly beautiful. I know that you've been there many times and 
uh, a lot of people have definitely, you know, traveled up there for photography, but I, I go up there, I've been going up there before I even uh, started photography. So it's just always been such an amazingly beautiful place to travel to and see so many different things because you can go to like the ocean or the mountains or the, the, the desert. There's so many different elements out there that um, you could just make anybody happy. And of course, there's also cities like Seattle and Portland, but I'm not really a city girl. So I try I to stay away from those areas. <laughs> no, that's that's really cool because most people, especially in our community, most people do live in the city. And I'm super jealous because I live in the city and I want to know what it's like to live in Pacifica. Because like that's that's basically what I'm trying to, you know, get to is is eventually calming everything down and just being in a much more peaceful place to where yep. your quality of life is just uh yeah different and there's a lot more signal and a lot less just noise and just you know exactly so i lived in uh in i grew up in new york i didn't live in the city i lived in the suburbs but i had to commute into the city um to work and it's just not my scene i really don't um i don't enjoy the the hustle and the the pace and the noise and the dirt and um, it's just a different energy for me. That's not me. I know it's for other people and, and kudos to them. But for me, I like, I'm a water sign. So I gravitate to, towards the ocean or lakes or rivers. Um, so when I found Pacifica, I just fell in love immediately and, and found an apartment and have been here ever since. And I've been here seven and a half years now and, and don't see myself leaving until I guess the Bay area prices will boot me out one day. Yeah. Uh, the rental community is really hot, high here in the Bay area. But it's I'm three blocks away from the ocean. Um, I have a dog and I just take him out there every day. Uh, and that's actually how I started with my photography was going out to the beach and just seeing sunsets like every single day and mm. wanting to capture them. But an iPhone four back then uh, was not the best quality photo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you know, getting sunsets was definitely something that, that um, really piqued my interest with photography, too. Do you think your pace of life in Pacifica a lot, you know, gives you advantage as far as just being able to just be out and enjoying nature just more often? Oh, for sure. Um, there's so many hiking trails just around the area that I really just can just chill and not even have to go anywhere on the weekends. Like everybody's like, you know, hustling to go, you know, on vacation or a trip or something. I'm like, you know what? I don't even have to go anywhere. I could just kind of like roll out of bed put on my hiking shoes, go on a hike and just enjoy the day and enjoy either the foggy mornings of Pacifica, which is pretty common around here, or, you know, a rare sunny afternoon and just go to the beach and just enjoy it. And, um, it's not super crowded, um, until it's the summer, but it's, it's really a different quality of life living by the ocean. I enjoy it a lot. I bet. Yeah. I hope to, that's the goal is to get by the ocean and, and, and be, surrounded by nature and wildlife and, and all that good stuff and um, yeah definitely wildlife because every time i walk my dog i could definitely hear the coyotes out there so there's yeah. <laughs> you're out there <laughs> so you practically and, and jet's like your right hand man you practically take him everywhere with you right I, if i see you out or if you're doing anything i always notice that jet's always with you yeah yeah he's he's um i don't know my partner in crime, I guess. He's he's my heart and soul. 
I've had him for since he's a puppy and he's going to turn seven uh, in two days, actually. So, um, yeah, he goes everywhere with me. I take him on photo shoots. He's, you know, very patient, uh, standing there and kind of like hanging out or he'll protect me even because uh, it's, it's kind of sketchy here. Um, I've yeah. gone. Yeah, I've gone on a few sunrise uh, shoots in the, in the city um, to get like the bridge, the Bay Bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge. And, and he he will warn me when there's uh, danger. So he will start growling and, and uh, you know, kind of warn me. There was an incident at Hawk Hill where I was out there. It was dark. I was re you know ready for sunrise and he starts growling and I turn around and some guys like in the bushes. I don't know what he was doing. He might have been just, you know, relieving himself. But, you know, it was kind of creepy. And it was really, it helped me, it helped me feel like safer having him around. Um, so yeah, he does go with me uh, pretty much everywhere, which is why I'm constantly doing road trips instead of flying like everybody else seems to, to do when they travel. Right. Um, no, road trips, I'm all about, I've, I think you're either a road trip person or you're not, is, is yeah. my taking on it. I would, I'd rather road trip than fly any day of the week. Yeah. I, I find there's a lot more enjoyable time to just experience things with friends and talk. And it slows things down a bit for you to enjoy other things. And then once you get out of the car, you get to enjoy a different type of experience, you know? And so I think road trips are awesome. They're some of my favorite things. Yeah. Actually, when I moved here from uh, New York, I, I drove. So it was the longest drive I've had to do cross country, but it was amazing. And just to drive the entire 80 from New Jersey all the way through to California. So it was awesome. That's crazy. How many days did that take? Actually, I rushed it. I should have taken my time, but I had a job to go to. And I, I, started, on, um, I started on a Saturday afternoon and I got here at Monday night. Wow. Yeah. And I slept both nights in, in a hotel. Cooking. So yeah, I just really needed to go like... I really, I regret it because I really wish I could have, you know, stopped and enjoyed the scenery more, especially when I got to Utah. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, it was two and a half days of <laughs> crazy 3000 mile drive. Man, that sounds intense. Let's, yeah. let's talk about how you got into photography. So how did this, how did this whole thing start? So I work in corporate. I, I do have a, a nine to five type job and I've had that for a long time, but um, photography has always been something that I, I did for fun. Like I would take photos of my friends or I was always the one with the camera um, because I'm kind of shy. So I'm always the one kind of like being the awkward person behind the camera, just taking photos of friends. But um, when I started, when I moved here and I started seeing how pretty sunsets were, I didn't have like a really good camera. I had like a little tiny Sony cyber shot, a uh, little tiny thing, a uh, point and shoot, and then um, an iPhone. So I would always have my iPhone with me and I would take photos of the beach and the sunsets and, you know, my dog uh, running around the beach. But um, once I really wanted to upgrade uh, to a real camera, I got myself a crop sensor, Sony, uh, any X3N. It's a really, really old camera. It's way before the A6000s uh, series and before the A7s came out. Um, so it's a super old uh, Sony, and I still have it to this day because it's, you know, it's my little, my little baby that started with everything, eventually upgraded and everything. But, yeah, I just started shooting sunsets. That was really how I, I, I got into it and just really wanted to get out there. And every time I went on a road trip, I would take my camera with me and just shoot like random landscapes. I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, was shooting JPEG, 
Um, didn't know how to edit because what do you need editing for if you're shooting JPEG? You're just, you know, straight out of the camera. But um, yeah, mm -hmm. I've learned a lot over the years. <laughs> Lots of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Lessons learned, though. So what do you think, you know, how did you learn, I guess? How did you go from shooting in JPEG and all that stuff to learning about raw and learning about editing and just developing your skills? Because I've definitely seen your photography definitely change a lot over the years, you know? For sure. Uh, so I think it was three years ago or something. It was um, a, a bunch of meetups. Meetups used to be like a really big deal um, when Instagram, you know, started out. And I was the nervous shy one in the corner that uh, didn't speak to anybody, but I would go to these meetups just to see like what they're all about. Eventually I met the the feedback nation group that no longer exists, but uh, like Andy Tu and Zeke Yan and um, Jordan and all those guys uh, that were running feedback nation, they had a um, large meetup. I think it was at the Legion of honor in San Francisco. And I met them and a bunch of other people and just started to just a little bit like get out of my shell and talk to them. It was really difficult. Like I was, you know, the awkward girl, uh, uh -huh. you know, and didn't really know what I was talking about. And everybody's got these like really expensive cameras. And here I am with my little, you know, crop sensor Sony that I've had for years. And this is what I shoot with. And it looked like a toy next to everybody. So I was embarrassed to even pull out my camera and shoot where everybody else was doing it. So I was just kind of like, watching everybody and, and just kind of like taking it all in. Uh, but then you guys hosted the uh what was it the magazine launch party yeah yeah and i i that's i think that was like a pivotal moment for me where i started talking to everybody and anybody that i could i met um lisa bow at that party i met andy mm -hmm. in person i met um i think i met you even but i don't remember having a long lengthy conversation with you but i met a lot of people and it just seemed like comfortable and everybody just made it more comfortable for me where I was like, okay, everybody's kind of like me. Everybody's got their little awkward quirkiness to them. And I just, uh, you know, started hanging out with people and, and setting up like, let's go shoot. And, you know, let's meet here for a sunrise or a sunset. And then, you know, they would question like, what are my settings? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm shooting in, you know, uh, automatic settings. I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, no, 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 let's, let's start working on manual. And they would, you know, show me manual settings and, um, you know, not manually focusing back then, but, you know, eventually I learned that too, but it was just like, get out of the auto and, and go into manual and start learning ISO and aperture and, and, you know, shutter speed and all that stuff. So once I started getting more comfortable with that, it was uh, amazing. But the community here is incredible. The photography community um, and you guys are incredible, of course, you know, for hosting stuff like that to get everybody together and bring everybody together. We appreciate that. It's uh, I wish we could do it more than we do. Um, we're kind of obviously we're based in, in Boise and it's kind of a weird little island and it's not particularly easy to get anywhere. I think I think we are I think we have the most miles in between us and any major city like out of any city in the country like we think the next closest major city is like portland or seattle and they're both like seven hours away which is really far for a city this size to just be on an island like that and so it makes it a little difficult sometimes to travel but i was curious you know it sounded like you were saying there used to be like a large meetup scene in the bay area and i was just curious like why do you think that 
you know, has that gone away and, and why do you think so? Or the, the quality of the meetups just going down or are there still good meetups that come and go from time to time or what's, what's kind of happening there, I guess, with that, with that community? Um, I think in the beginning, a lot of the meetups were happening where, um, the, the older crowd, uh, was hosting them, I think. And, um, not try, I'm not trying to discriminate the younger versus the older, but it just seems like the, the older crowd was the one hosting them at the time, like, um, streets of SF or, um, Iger's SF, those kind of guys that, that ran those types of hubs. But the people that run those hubs kind of don't really run those hubs anymore. So, um, though, as those tapered off and, and started disappearing from Instagram, the meetups, you know, went away with them as well. So it's kind of sad in a way. Um, but I'm, I've noticed that a lot of the, now I'm going to say the younger generation, uh, like, um, this weekend, this past weekend, they, they hosted a meetup up in Mount Davidson that I didn't get to go to because I was in Yosemite, but, um, there are some meetups that are happening, but it just seems like, um, the, the demographic has, has shifted, um, with the generation, which is awesome to see. Um, I just haven't had the opportunity to hang out with them yet. Cause every time they host one, I seem to be out of town. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I see like Paul Clark and like Andrew yeah. Optics and those guys attending mm-hmm. those. Well, they're the cool. ones hosting it. Yeah, they're the ones hosting it. Like they did that trigger okay. meet the with the Game of Tones guys. Um, so they have like their own, you know, crowd that that did that thing, and um, it was pretty cool to watch. You know, they had this whole like Halloween um, themed setup uh, up in Mount Davidson where it's like usually really foggy. So it was pretty uh, epic to see like the different shots that they're doing and yeah. portraits. Yeah. No, that's rad. Yeah, Paul and Andrew are awesome guys, and, and they were. I mean, they've been at our meetups and stuff in the past, as you know, which is where I've met them and yeah. uh, and whatnot. So it's good to hear that someone's still doing. Yeah, they're still doing. Stuff. Yeah, things like that. But then, like, I went to one for Sony, and it's not really a meetup, but it was kind of like similar to a meetup. Um, so Sony Alpha is doing this whole B Alpha tour right now. I think they're going to Nashville next, but they came through San Francisco last month and, um, it was kind of like a meetup, uh, uh-huh. vibe. but, um, that's where I actually met Paul. I, I've, I've been following him on Instagram for a while, but we actually met face to face at that one. Yeah, that was cool. Nice. So, so ever since I've known you, I feel like you and I always get in these talks about community and which I really appreciate you because you're. You're not like selfish. You never just like, I don't think you've even ever asked me for a feature. I don't think you've ever just once just been like, Hey, can I get a feature? What do you think about this photo? It's always just like, you know, when are you guys going to do more meetups or have you guys ever thought about this or how, you know, are you guys going to engage more women or whatever it may be? And so, uh, with all that said, like, what are some ways you think that we could create a stronger, photography community i guess for like the collective whole or what are some things that you think we could do to bring back you know good meetups and because i've been to meetups you've been to meetups you can't like to be honest they're they're either like it's either fun or it's like just weird right yes yeah for and sure. sometimes often both sometimes it's just really awkward at first and then it becomes really fun later on but it's just like they're just kind of different yeah right? <laughs> yeah, they are different. And they I've definitely been to the awkward ones where you're just kind of standing around. You're like, I don't really know anybody here. I don't know what these people are doing here. And I don't really want to be at this location even. So it was, you know, it's definitely a weird vibe sometimes and, and it doesn't make it enjoyable. But when you have people that you're connecting with 
uh, it helps. But um, I'm always out there for the community because that's what I do for a living. So uh, as a community manager, so yeah. um, and I'm that's why your ideas. I'm like, you always have good ideas, so I want to hear. Like, yeah, what do you think we could I, do? I'm not sure. It's it's. I really think that more meetups should happen, and I think that that. Um, what do you think input- the framework framework like wise? What do you think like a solid framework for a meetup would be? Like, what would that consist of? So like a great uh, I, I location, right? Like a cool definitely, location. Definitely a cool location and a location that has many different vantage points. So sometimes you go to a location and there's only like one thing to shoot. So everybody's going to get the exact same shot and it's not like diverse. And so, you know, it some- matters how easy the location, because a lot of times we'll pick like a location that is neat, but it's also like in our head, it's like we want people to be able to get there. Uh, You need to have parking because there's definitely going to be a lot of interest for people. So, you know, like places like um, the Golden Gate Bridge is probably going to be super difficult to to get to because, you know, the parking is going to be limited, especially on a weekend. Um, But places like um, like Mount Tam or an ocean like, you know, you guys did the, the, the meetup at the ocean. That was that was good, too. Like, you know, there's definitely different things to look at and you can watch the sunset, you know, when that happens. But um, you just need like a bigger, wider space um, where people kind of kind of like roam and do their thing. Um, but then not too wide where they're going to get lost and, and kind of like lose focus on it. But uh, definitely having community input. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of surveys and asking people what they want. That's that's what I would probably suggest is to ask them, like, what location would you like to have a meetup in? Or like what what type of theme um, like, you know, like they did the trick or treat thing theme this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's cool. But you can't do that every weekend. So is there like a theme, you know, like shooting people or shooting landscapes like I'm not a portrait photographer so to me like having models and stuff like that is not like that exciting to me as like I'd rather just shoot landscape and I'd rather shoot or like shoot my dog even like I just would prefer to shoot things that I'm more comfortable with unless somebody's going to show me how to shoot a model then that would be great so if it's going to be like a teaching meetup that that would be an interesting um concept too so right Okay. Like, have models out there, but then if you're like kind of lost and not a portrait photographer, have, have somebody that have have somebody that is a portrait photographer kind of show you, like Gabe Rodriguez or you know somebody that knows what they're doing with with humans. Like I really don't know what I'm doing with humans. I don't know how to like get them to <laughs> right and what I'm really looking for. And you know I didn't know that I'm supposed to fill the frame. I'm kind of shooting like the whole big scene if I'm shooting, and that's like totally wrong. <laughs> and yeah, right. I'm doing. <laughs> No, that makes a lot of sense. If especially for landscape photographers, I think it's a really uncomfortable transition a lot of times to switch to just show up at a meetup and shoot portraits of someone. You don't, you're, you don't, yeah. It's just it's uncomfortable. You don't know what to say to them. You don't know how to tell them what to do because you don't really know what you want, and it just turns really awkward and uncomfortable really quickly. Your thing is the fog. You slay the fog. And when did that all begin? Because even even if I see if I see a photo of like a good fog photo and I'm like, ooh, I should feature that, my second thing that I always think of is like, hold on, let me go see what Illy has to see if Illy has a rat. <laughs> like that's that it's that's the point that it's at. Like anytime I see someone's fog photo, I'm always like, let's see if she has one better. And if she does, then I'll like share that one. But if not, then okay, then I'll share, you know, the other fog image. But that's like where it's at now. So how did that oh, all come about? That's awesome. Thank you so much. I think that I started shooting fog in early 2016. I've always, I live in the fog. 
So I always see the fog and I'm kind of like, I love the fog, but being above the fog and, and kind of like seeing the motion of the fog um, that you could see out in the Bay area is intense and incredible. And I think I would recommend it highly to anybody that can have an opportunity to come out here in the summer and experience it for themselves. Just being um, like above Mount Ham or being above Grizzly Peak or uh, above the bridge and just kind of like capturing the fog um, is just such a, it just makes me feel good. It, it's, it's a, it's a good feeling like it's freezing, but it, it just really, it, it warms me up inside and just capturing it uh, perfectly. It took a lot of um, practice, but I've definitely, um, I think I've nailed it down. I hope I nailed it down. Uh, and I'm obsessed with it. I, I think I went to Mount Tam this summer, like 25 to 30 times. And that's a hell of a drive for me. It's an hour, it's uphill, it's across the bridge, you know, it's a lot on my car because it's going uphill and I don't have like the best car. So it's like, you know, it took a lot of effort to get up there, but I'm totally obsessed with fog. And anytime that fog is happening, uh, I'm there. I um, sadly missed it this past weekend. It happened in the San Francisco, both, both days that I was out of town, but I was in Yosemite getting fall, um, mm. which uh, I guess makes up for it. But, uh, you know, the little FOMO uh, inside of me was, was kind of dying, but, uh, you right. know, I have to, I have to shoot the fog anytime I see it. So I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with it. So is there like a, a season for shooting fog, like Astro, or is it you just check the weather and anytime you see that there, there is, is a, there is definitely a season, but it's kind of a mixed season. So definitely summer, it starts kind of like May uh, and it could be like hit or miss through June, July and August are like the best times for fog, um, at least over probably over a thousand feet. So there's, there's, there's uh, heights and fog. And if it's too high, you're not going to like ever get above it because the mountains here only go a certain height. But if you can get above it, then that's ideal. So if it's too low, you really can't really shoot it that great, but it's, it's definitely really cool to see as well. So um, the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge is like 800 feet, I think, or maybe 750. It's between 750 and 800 feet. So if, if the fog height is, is obviously, Below that, then you definitely want to be out there um, to get that. And that usually happens in the summer as well. So anytime between June and um, now, <laughs> which is October, November, uh, is probably the perfect time. Uh, there's also uh, February fog that can happen. So it's really, it is seasonal, but it can kind of uh, sneak up on you at different times of the year. And I'm definitely um, have the webcams up on my phone and my laptop um, pretty much every single day. And I check uh, to make sure that, you know, if there's anything that I might miss, set my alarm early. That's, or, you know, try to try to get out of work early as well if it's going to be like an <laughs> evening fog thing. So, yeah. That's so beautiful. Like, I love how just dedicated you are to doing something that you enjoy so much because you can tell it's not like you're talking about like, Oh, like I'm doing this to, you know, to get followers or to make money or for this or for that. Like, it's just, just even the way you talk about your experiences, like with the fall, you can just tell you just genuinely and just enjoy the experience. Like, yeah, the photograph after it is really great, but just being there and like being in the moment and like, that's, yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't care about followers or, or, you know, money would be great too, but I don't care about followers. That's, that's so, you know, uh, artificial. Um, yeah. but yeah, definitely I've been up there, you know, just watching the fog and not even pulling out my camera, just kind of sitting back and watching. Cause it's just so amazing and, and, and beautiful. Why would I, you know, waste my time taking photos? Although every once in a while I'm like, Oh my God, I need to take out my camera like right now, but sitting back and watching it is also like an amazing experience. Yep, I'm always no. jealous of like the the people that that bring their partners on shoots and they're like kind of hanging out and just watching and taking it all and I'm like sitting there like fussing with my settings and making sure <laughs> that I'm in focus and everything and I'm like you know what I actually just want to sit here and watch this for a minute you know it's just so nice. Yeah so. I, I think it's important to take a step back and to really enjoy the present moment especially as photographers a lot of times I think you're you know we're running around so chaotic oh my gosh the sun's peaking now the color's insane and you're just like ah I have to get the shot and you know there's both sides to that I can tell you you'll appreciate it especially a, a day from now two weeks from now a year from now you'll appreciate it a lot more if you actually got to enjoy the experience and soak it in Versus always having to go back to that photograph because you actually don't even know what it like you like I don't really I can't even really talk about the experience because I don't really remember it. I was in my camera the whole time and I don't really I missed everything that was happening right in front of my eyes. And yeah, some of the most ex beautiful moments I've ever witnessed. Uh, you know, I oftentimes not photographs because I just soaked it, I just took it in and um that's enough. Like not everyone needs to, you know, I don't know. There's, there's like, there's a balance I think between sharing an experience and it really taking an experience in. And so, uh, I think it's, it's just important to keep that front of mind. Definitely. And I do that all the time. Like I will just sit there and I won't even take my camera, um, half the time where I'm going out to see a sunset or something and walk my dog at the beach. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need my camera. I could just watch this. This is fine. You know, and I have my phone, I could exactly. take like a little video. I could take, you know, a couple of photos of my phone. And, you know, of course, it's not going to be something I'm going to share and post. But, you know, it's definitely something that I'm going to remember. And and it's a memory for me. And, right. and, that's, and that's important, too. You know, it's not it's and, not only about like capturing a photo and like posting it and getting a thousand likes or whatever, you know. Right. So, I think I think I, I hope we also get to the point to where you can post and share just a cool iPhone photo that you took at the beach at a beautiful sunset because like I just I think it goes back to that whole like best life thing and everything having to be perfect and I think it adds the human I think that's what's human about being an artist is like those photos and those moments or a video clip or whatever it may be and oftentimes you know IG stories is a great place to kind of share some of that stuff um and so you have that which is nice but anywho Printing. I'm curious. I noticed some artwork hanging in your apartment. Yeah. Do you print your own work? I do. I'm actually staring at one of my Yosemite shots right in front of me right now that I need to hang up. But um, yeah, I, I, I print a lot of my own stuff for my own enjoyment or for my family. I printed um, one of my cypress tree tunnel sunrises uh, for my parents' anniversary and sent it to them on metal um, and it's hanging in their breakfast room. So it's, it's, you know, it's great to, to share that as well, but yeah, I do print and I have a website that I, I haven't hooked up the whole printing aspect of it yet, but I definitely have uploaded some photos that I am gearing up for, for printing. Good. Checked out yeah. the site. The photos look great. Oh, I'm thanks. curious. Why do you, why do you print? Like, what do you, why do you think printing is important? 
Cause I don't want to just have it on my computer. I don't want to have it just on my phone or, you know, whatever. I, I definitely want to see it when I walk into my apartment and see like, Oh yeah, that was like such an epic sunset or that was such an epic sunrise or look at my fog. Like, or, you know, here's a, I have a photo in front of me, like I said, of Yosemite in the snow that I took last year um, that I printed, but I never hung up. So it's just kind of like sitting here on my table and I stare at it every day, but um, it, it just, it makes me happy. Like I have a, a 20 by 30 over my bed of, of uh, one of my fall shots that I took. And, and you know, it's just something that I, I see every night before I go to sleep and it just makes me happy. Um, but I also have some of my friends prints. I have an Andy shot uh, also that, that he printed for me. So um, that's not just my own stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I couldn't agree more. I think the reality is there's a, there's a real energy to having a print and there's real, there's a heartbeat there. Versus like a digital image on a phone, on your computer, on your screen. It's it's very soulless. It has a very short life expectancy. Like I don't even, I don't see most of my images ever. You know, they're just like in this, they just live in this box that yeah. I just, and I don't <laughs> see them. And even other people, they might appreciate them for a moment. And then they're forgotten about just as fast as, uh, you know they were there. And so for me, I think printing is extremely important because of a, the energy that a, a real piece of art has. And I think for artists to start making money again, like people really need to start having a higher appreciation for art uh, and buying other people's artwork and, and supporting each other as a community outside of that printing art is like something that that's the difference between a house and a home. Like a home is your place, right? And I don't think there's a easier way to make a house a home than by adding some good artwork and adding some, some living plants. It's like yeah. <laughs> plants and artwork. And it's like, now you have a home versus just like some empty apartment or empty house or very barren cold type place. And so I hope to see uh, a lot more people getting involved in, in printing art and buying other people's art. And hopefully someone comes up with a way for other people to collect other people's art without having to make such a large investment because it can be expensive and it's like how much art can you really buy and where do you hang it and so is there another way for us to be able to appreciate people's art and collect people's art without it you know taking up every inch of wall space in your house <laughs> yeah i mean they do make those digital frames that kind of you know could show you all of the art and and i have one i gave one to my mom uh years ago that that you know i just upload all of my photos and it's just kind of like uh, you know, swings by every couple of seconds and changes the photos. So there's that, uh, you know, that way to do it as well. But I do appreciate art on the wall. I don't know why people don't print. I, you know, I, I knew that that question um, was on your list and I've heard you ask that of other people, but I don't know why other people wouldn't print their own work, um, at least to enjoy it. You know, it can't, it just can't live on your computer. Like what, what's the point? Um, but I'm also like, I'm older. So for me, I didn't grow up with digital cameras. I grew up with a film camera. So I have like tons of albums. They're all stacked in my, my bookshelf here and they're full of my photos. They're full of just memories that, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to have on a computer. So I'm glad that I have them still. And I, I definitely am all for printing. Would you say that you're more grateful today for the fact that you printed those photos than you were during yeah. that moment? Yeah, because I wouldn't remember them otherwise. Like these are moments that that you know from decades ago that I'm not going to remember uh, unless I see them in print. So 
you know, what if your computer crashes? What if your hard drive dies, your SD card fails? Like you won't have those photos anymore. Those memories are just in your head, but if you print them, they're there forever, you know? So, yep. And I, I think that's the most difficult challenge with printing is that it's something that has very minimal value to most in most people's eyes in its early uh, life expect like in its early life stages, but it's something that dramatically increases in value over time. So as you get older, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, that print becomes so much more valuable to you mm-hmm. than it, than it did the day that you printed it. You're like, cool. I'm glad I can see the photo, but I still, I do have it on my computer and it's on my Instagram, but two decades from now and when Instagram's dead and everyone's stuff disappears <laughs> and you know, they're not, it's not like they're gonna be like, okay, here everyone, we're sending you a backup album of everyone's <laughs> profiles and all this stuff. Those people you're going to be, that's when you're really going to appreciate it. Or when you're too old to remember the name of your buddies that you were hanging out with that year in Yosemite uh, or whoever it may be. Like those are just things that you really want to appreciate. And it's hard to do that without having that, that hard copy. And so, um, yeah, I hope someone comes up with a cool way to, to allow people to, you know, it's like buying vinyl. You yeah. Know, it doesn't, it like there, it just, it has more heart to it and yes. like, there's just something special about it. And so I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think? You're always such like a, a good, you always have like a good presence, I feel like. And I'm just curious, like, what do you think some of the important, what are some of the important principles to like living a good life as an artist? Because we're such complicated individuals and we like make life sometimes just very, just too in depth, very busy. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we can often get lost as artists. So like, what do you think some of those keys to living a good life are? Uh, taking the time for you. Um, so I'm, I'm, um, one that prefers being alone. I love people, but I, I do need my me time. I need my alone time. So for me, um, I, the way that I get away from like chaos, uh, is to get a road trip. Um, even if it's just a weekend and just go into nature and just be alone. And, you know, yeah, I'm with my dog, but I'm not with any other humans. Like nobody can really like, you know, get, add that noise to my life and my day. And it's just like, I need that like time to just kind of like reconnect with myself and reconnect with nature. Um, so I think that that is something that I would definitely advise other people to do is just kind of like take a solo road trip and just go somewhere and, and, you know, be one with yourself and disconnect from the internet, disconnect from everything that's, that's causing that chaos and that noise in your life. Um, is it really helps. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I knew you'd have some sound advice on that, uh, just based off some of our conversations in the past. So, uh, figured that would be a good one to bring up and I appreciate you sharing with us. What do you think are some great ways that we've also talked about getting women more involved? And so I would love to, since we're on the podcast, I'd love to hear some of your ideas and, you know, things that you think we could be doing that could create a better impact for everyone. I am all for women and empowering women out there. I know that um, it's a very male dominated uh, field with photography, but there's so many incredible women photographers out there that 
just need uh, need that little push to to break out of their shell and uh, kind of be showcased a little bit more um, because they're amazing women out there. And I really wish that, um, you know, they would be seen as, as more more than what they are. Uh, it, it's kind of sad to, you know, go out there and, and be like the only woman. But like I said, I was in Yosemite this weekend and I ran into a friend. I ran into Jen Kachinko who was out there and, you know, she's another female photographer and she was doing her own thing. And then, you know, as we were like running around the Valley and shooting together, uh, we kept running into more and more women. So it kind of like, you know, made me smile, uh, just seeing so many more women out there, um, that I don't get to see in San Francisco. And I don't know why, like there are women photographers. There are definitely a lot of them out there, but I don't know where they're hiding. And I don't know why they're, they're not like, you know, screaming from the rooftops and making themselves known more. Um, but it's, I like, I need, I, I like, I want them more empowered or, or something, but I definitely think that having, a space just for women is wrong. I think that it should be just, you know, for everybody, but I, I definitely want more women to be out there and maybe highlighted more. I don't know. Um, like I was almost, telling you, like, like I think that like women should be able to, to be on your podcasts more, which I really appreciate you doing. Cause you did have a lot of women on yours, um, in the past and, and obviously me, but doing more blog posts or, or more, women focused events might, might help. Um, no, I, I totally agree. It almost sounds like you're saying there's, 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 we both know for a fact that there's tons of phenomenal women photographers, but it sounds like they're not, whether it's their following's not as big, whether it's, they're not just as, as aggressive as far as going. Cause I can tell you for a fact, I don't, I rarely get DMS from, from, you know, women photographers asking for features guys dude they don't leave you alone like the, i get really? i have guys that will dm me every <laughs> not even say hello not <clears throat> nothing as far as like how are you doing is there anything i could do to, for the community it's just like check this out could you feature it check this out every single day so i think you know guys are wired a little bit differently um and so sometimes they 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 break through just by peer persistence right and so maybe it sounds like just shining the light more mm -hmm. on because they're already they're here. It's not like they don't exist, but just shining the light on on these individuals and, and, and giving them a little bit more more time in the light and, and just yeah. bringing their stuff forward and, and, and putting it out there. And so uh, I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I, like you said, we have done our best in recent history to to to, to correct that and in a upcoming podcast we have like some models and stuff that i'll be talking with because even within the space you know we focus primarily on photographers and i think it's kind of cool to to get the model uh perspective as well as you know someone who's still like artistic and 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 collaborating in the artistry of the photographer but they're not necessarily the person behind the camera you know that's that's they're awesome i can't wait that's really exciting because i never get to talk to like i like i said i don't shoot for, um models but when i went to the sony alpha event there was it, that's all we did was shoot women and or i guess there were a couple of guys there too but it was mostly women um and i never actually got to talk to any of them but they were so beautiful and i, I was just like kind of watching them to see like what they were doing and um, how they pose and I, I, you know, how do they find like the right angles that, that makes them flattering? Like I always wanted to know and I never talked to them because you know, they're doing their thing, but I'm really excited to hear your podcast with them. Yeah. So that should be 
yeah, that'll be exciting. I'm excited to to just it's just a whole new world. So I think everyone's excited to just yeah. hear what that world's like, you know, from the inside view. So very much so looking forward to that. It looks like we're getting close to uh, time. I'm trying to think, is there, is there any, before I get to like the final question, is there anything specific that you think would be cool for us to cover or to, to talk about? I was kind of, I don't know, maybe a little bit about social media. Okay. Because I do that for a living. Um, okay. So as I, I'm a community manager, I uh, work in the mobile gaming industry, uh, and my life is, is I live and breathe social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. So for me, I'm lately seeing a shift in, in social media and how negative it's impacting people and how obsessed people are becoming with it. And I really hope that um, people can break away from social media, just, you know, take, take the time to be human like we used to be back in the day, which wasn't even that long ago, less than 10 years ago, and just kind of like connect with humans as on a one-to-one level um, and, and break away from social media because it's, you know, it, it will go away. It, I mean, it not permanently go away, but it will shift and things will change. And I think that people's lives are, are getting a little bit too sucked into the social media these days. It's kind of sad to see like going out to a restaurant and everybody is just on their phone and they're not paying attention to the person across the table from them. And I know I'm guilty of that as well, but um, it's definitely something that I've acknowledged and and trying to work on. And I I want people to do that as well. Oh yeah. I think, I mean, I think we talked about this a bit last time we were in San Francisco at dinner with, you know, Michael Bloom and and, and Gabe Rodriguez and uh, or Shane and no um, Michael Shane. That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad, Michael. I, first, <laughs> I knew, I knew his first name was Shane. I always get confused because, like, I know the way his name is said is not his full name. I was like, I know his it's, first. You know, name his is name is Michael. Michael. Everybody thinks it's Shane, but his last name is Shane Bloom. And, and the sad yeah. part is, I know that because I always correct people. I'm like, yeah, it's Michael. But anywho, here I am in my own BS, <laughs> messing things up. Um, <laughs> but you know, we had we had talked about that about a lot of the, I guess, repercussions of social media addiction and whatever you want to call it. Um, a dopamine, and- it's a dopamine thing, you know, where you're getting that little high just for that 10, 15 minutes that you're spending on social media. And it's, it's not super satisfying. It's actually kind of depressing. Yeah. What do you think are, are some possible solutions like to where we can still provide platforms and these certain tools and things that are helpful when used correctly for artists, but aren't without, you know, all the addiction and the dopamine and, and, and the reality is the Las Vegas casino gaming psychology behind the platforms, you know, that are really reeling people in. Um, I think that Instagram, I think is right now implementing a feature that might help, um, where they're going to show you how long you're spending on the tool. So if you're spending half your day looking at Instagram, IG stories or flipping through your feed, like that's really sad and depressing. Like get out there and and do something else, read a book, go, go take a walk, go, you know, go swim in the ocean or something, you know, like get out there. You don't have to be like tied to your phone. So having uh, the ability to disconnect and kind of shut that app off for just, you know, half a day would be great but you don't need to spend, you know, 
all day long looking at Instagram and engaging with people just to get those numbers. Cause I think that's what a lot of people are, are sucked into right now is getting those numbers. And they're, they're the only way around the algorithms for Instagram is to like engage with people. So they're constantly replying to comments or commenting on other people's posts, which, you know, is cool, but you don't really need to spend six, seven, eight hours a day doing that. So taking a, you know, taking time and realizing how much time you're spending on an app um, is important. So having, having that timer is going to be key for Instagram. I hope that it works. I haven't seen it yet implemented, but I know that it's, it's there. Right. And, and we'll see, I guess. Right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, Hey guys, yes, it's us, the inventors of cocaine, but here we are with a fix now. (laughs) And, and if you know, like, so I guess that's my my take yeah. on that. Like yeah. I, I I do help I do hope that it that it helps some people. I don't think it's going to do anything but just show you how pitiful your life is and that you are on Instagram eight hours a day. And I just think it's gonna. I don't really think it's gonna do much but make you feel for a second like holy shit! I can't believe how much time I spend on here. And then you're like, okay, anywho, off and then back to looking. Wow. Up. Well, okay. You I guess know? there's that too. Like, <laughs> I mean you don't need something to tell you how like you kind of have an idea of like, I'm not doing anything. I'm on my phone all the time. And I'm sure people around you have told you that. And I don't, I don't necessarily think you need an app to tell you that, Hey, you've been on Instagram today for six hours, you know, but maybe there are people. So as long as they can help some people, I think that'd be great. I'd love to see more people focusing on becoming just world, like real world people spending more time in their communities doing more using their skill sets to empower people in their communities and and spending more time with real people in person and building those relationships. I think it would bring a lot more fulfillment to people. I think everyone's looking for this fulfillment, but they're looking for it in the wrong places. They're looking for it like in follower counts and and in engagement and likes They're looking for places to where it's meaningless and it it doesn't, it doesn't last. Even if you do get a bunch of followers off a single, uh, a feature, or you get a bunch of, comments on a, on a photo that goes viral or whatever it may be it's all short short lived and a lot of times that does more damage than anything because then you're like earn you know you want more of that and you don't have it and and so i think i think people just need to get back to being like people <laughs> like being real humans i agree i agree for sure you know uh you know social media is my bread and butter so i can't like bash it completely but it right. is definitely something that is affecting um society to wrap this episode up, I like to basically hand over the podium to our guests and hope for them to leave the AOV community with something inspiring and something uplifting and motivational. And that can be around any subject you'd like it to be. So if you have something, feel free to share. If you need a second to come up with something or think about it, you know, feel free to do your thing and to start whenever you're ready. Um, yeah, so for me, uh, what's important is that creativity, when you're stuck, creativity is, is like super important. So sometimes you have that block, that block, that creative block. And I've had it for a while. This year has been a really hard year for my creative self. So, uh, yes, I did spend 30 days up on Mount Tam, but I shot pretty much the same scene 30 days in a row, you know, so it really wasn't super creative. And I got into a rut where I was kind of like feeling a little depressed and, and, um, needed to 
snap out of it and break out of that that block that I was stuck in. So I actually reached out to my community. I, I posted um, a few times this year and I asked people for advice. What do you guys do when you're stuck creatively? Or where would you guys go if you had like a four hour drive out of San Francisco and go somewhere um, just for a weekend? And getting that feedback really helped me inspire you know, get, get that inspiration back for myself. And, and that's why I just went out to Yosemite and spent two nights out there and, and two really chilly mornings, um, shooting sunrises and, and, you know, getting just out there again and, uh, getting out of that creative block that I've been stuck in for a while. So for me, it's just reaching out to either your community or your friends, uh, family or whoever, and just asking them for help and advice. And, um, so that's, that's something that I would definitely advocate for and appreciate uh, getting from people. Uh, and then getting out there definitely helps. So if you're stuck creatively and you're not finding inspiration online, uh, get out there and see it yourself. You know, go into nature and, and, and spend some time by yourself, which I think is very important. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you so much for sharing with us. It's been a great episode. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. Uh, I agree. I think the answer to everything does start here. And so many people are always looking outwardly for things and they're going to have a hard time finding those answers outwardly because the reality is they are here and they do exist. You just turn on the noise, and go get some signal, go out in the nature, be somewhere quiet and just sit your ass down yeah. <laughs> and just relax, you yeah. know, and, 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 just and listen, do that more just often. Listen. Start your day, you know, make set aside 15 20 30 45 minutes an hour a day if you can and just be in silence it'll change yeah. your life hey guys thanks for listening to another episode of the aov podcast our goal here at art of visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to achieve all your guys's dreams in the photography filmmaking and content creation world even entrepreneurship with that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is, if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere, and just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcasts, our free app. And a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. Uh, so check out our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them. And we're also going to be reworking that commission structure uh, here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.